The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, February 19th, the year of our Lord, as some people say. Excited to be here. Excited to talk NFL with you. Very excited to talk NFL with my man, Pete Prisco. Pete, what's up, buddy? What's going on? We've talked some about national football is coming up soon. Yeah, next week. Can you believe it? It never ends. It never does. And then uh, right after the combine will be free agency. And all the while, XFL will still be going on. We'll have Cody Benjamin on after the break to talk the uh, week two of the XFL. I found it very exciting. I'm playing some XFL DFS, getting into it. I'm, I'm really I'm really neck deep in this DFS stuff. I probably need to pull back a little bit. Uh, may or may not have done You're a playing DFS. XFL DFS? It's fun. And it's there's like a, there's good, like, if you read up on the stuff and you sort of watch the games, you can get an advantage pretty easily, I think. The guy has uh, one lucky basketball night, and now he's a DFS legend. Is that? Yeah, your, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, he's also just a pure NBA expert, That's not right. even gambling. That's right. Is he? Really? I didn't know that. I mean, not really. But I mean, like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, when, I'm more aware. When the of Knicks like, won their title in 1970, who was on that team? The what? <laughs> You're an NBA <laughs> expert. I'm going to ask you. When the Knicks won their title in 1969-70, who was on that team? Oh, well, uh, Walt Frazier, obviously. Very good. Yeah. I didn't think you'd even pull that one. Uh, let's see. Okay. Who's the guy who got hurt and then had to come back in? Very uh, good. Willis Reed. Which, Willis Reed. Uh, which yeah, famous yeah, yeah. coach, uh, which famous coach was a player on that team? Yeah. Who was a player? Which coach? Uh, well, Jackson. Okay. That's good. Uh, who, what, do you, what do you want me? What do you want That's, me? You're, that's very good. NBA. How about the, uh, how about, who'd they beat in that, in that finals? Oh, God. Uh, come on. 70? I'll say the uh, Trailblazers. No, it beat the Lakers. Lakers. That was my other guess. I was thinking it was a trick question. No, late, uh, late, the Trailblazers later in the 70s with Bill Walton. With Bill Walton, yeah. And who are the other four? Can you name the other four? That's a good trivia question. Is that pre-Drexler? Yeah, because Drexler yeah. was a, a five-seven jam. Maurice Lucas. Lionel Hollins. Lionel Hollins, who is a Sun Devil. Uh, Johnny Davis was the other guard, one of the first guys ever to wear Nikes. Nobody will believe that, but that's true. And Bobby Gross was this. Other Would now be a good time to be, to point out that Devo's like, you have to keep this tight with Pete because he's got to get out of here. Devo's <laughs> like, so ask about the seventies Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> I just because you're an NBA expert now, I want to make sure uh, you well, tweet about everything and anything, so you're an expert on everything. I wanted to see. I, I give you credit for Walt Frazier and Willis Reed. I didn't think you would get that. Can you name two of the starters on the uh, Golden State Warriors right now? Yeah, Draymond Green. And, uh, that. <laughs> well, Wiggins. Oh, good call. Nice call, Wiggins. Um, Wiggins actually playing really well since, uh, he got traded. Anyway, let's talk NFL. Let's Two it. pieces of news popped up related to your top 100 free agent list. Drew Brees returning in 2020. He posted on Instagram. Uh, he was, he was standing Pete on top of a hill, maybe, uh, pointing out that he was ahead of or uh, above hill. On a depth chart, Taysom Hill maybe. Uh, my feelings about the 2020 season. It was a picture of like a blue ocean or something. I look forward to the grind of the journey for the reward at the end and the, and the reward at the end will be worth it. Love you. Hashtag Houdat Nation. Let's make another run at it. Drew Brees just turned 41. Uh, I'll ask you this. <laughs> Do the Saints want him back? Yeah, they want him back. Are you serious? Who, who would they play with? Asim Hill, I was told, was oh. a franchise quarterback for two or three days on, in February on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, it's unbelievable what happened on Twitter. It's so stupid. And I, you know me. I, I've actually had conversations with Sean Payton about using Taysom Hill. It infuriates me. Uh, and, and Nice kid. We had him on at the Super Bowl. Great kid. But that's not a franchise quarterback. Right. He's just not. And to try and – I remember standing on the sidelines at their practice last summer watching Taysom Hill, and I was talking with Bobby Bear, And we were both th- wondering if he can be the – Heir apparent, and I don't know if he can. Uh, it would, 
I just I think that if well I mean it's irrelevant now I guess because Breeze is coming back but um, how do you what what kind of deal do you think that the Saints will do here because they can't I don't believe that they could just give him like a one year twenty five million dollar contract they got to do some dummy yeah, years you can do et cetera some dummy years they can make it whatever way you want to make it look they can make it look. but you can't push too much into the future because of the new CBA right. But they, they up- can get creative with the contract. He'll be fine. It's not an issue. He will be the starting quarterback for the Saints. He should be the starting quarterback for the Saints, and they should be thrilled he's the starting quarterback for the Saints. And it does. I mean, look, Breeze has come around from a very it's like you know Tom Condon a long time. Um, he has always had the stance that his clients are going to be paid at the top of the market, uh, regardless of age, performance, whatever. Eli Manning and. Um, but Breeze, it feels like he's willing to take a little bit of a discount. He he made it clear he was either, it was either New Orleans or bust. He wasn't going to try and you know leverage it for a free agency thing. One to two years left. What do you think? One, two. I I think he's one of those guys that's pushing toward going to spend more time with his kids. That's that's my feeling. That's why I thought he might walk away this year. You heard rumblings about the Monday night booth, and yeah, and sure now, did. and I heard that from people that know him, and now that ship might sail. And I'm not saying he could never be that guy, but what happens if they do make a change? And we don't know if they are, but they hire that guy, and he stays. And then that job's not open suddenly. Like they okay. hire Greg Olson or something, and right. Greg Olson, right? Yeah. So, um, look, I, I'm I like seeing great players play, so I'm happy he's back in there, and, and it makes all the sense in the world for the Saints to be happy he's back. I I if I were Breeze, I would definitely make one more run at it. I mean, I know he missed some time last year with that thumb injury. But he was very good down the stretch, and the Saints had a legitimate shot at winning the Super Bowl. So why not give it one more run? Um, the problem for them is they probably won't have the bridge at quarterback. The pun intended. Actually, no pun intended, but it was there anyway. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Where's like, he going, by the way? I just out of curiosity. I keep hearing, um, you know, somebody, I think it was Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Our, out our there. pal Jeremy Fowler. 30, pal at ESPN now. 30 million a year. There's not a chance in hell he's getting 30 million a year. Sure. And here's the other issue. Where's he going? Give me three teams. Uh, New England. What if Brady goes uh, back? Uh, I don't Carolina and uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Is he better than, let's just say Brady goes back to New England. I don't think he would go to New England with Tom Brady's there. So where's he going? Like Tom Brady has to leave for him to go. You to said Los Angeles. You talk about the Chargers. Yeah. Okay. What if they're all in on drafting Justin Herbert and playing him as their quarterback? And his market. He has Herbert, no market. There's no yeah. real market for Bridgewater. His market could dry up very quickly. And somebody said Tampa. He's not better than Jameis Winston. Also, Teddy Bridgewater is not the quarterback you would pair with. No, he doesn't drive the ball down the field like that. Like, and like he's not better than Jameis Winston. Far in Tampa, I don't like. I don't get that. Look, I love Teddy. I think Teddy's one of the great stories. He's a great kid. But let's be real. If Cam Newton's healthy in Carolina, is he better than Cam Newton? No, no chance. Is he better than Tom Brady? No. Is he better than Jameis Winston? No. No. And so, if you're the Chargers, it's different that's than Jameis Winston, right? If you're the Chargers, and that's your possibility. But if they're going to move with a with a rookie quarterback. And a guy they think could be the franchise quarterback, they're not going to pay t- Teddy Bridgewater. No, if they're going with Herbert and they have Tyrod Taylor, they'll just go with that. Right, combo. they're not going to pay. So where I, I keep everybody keeps throwing this out there, but where is the market for Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, he can get twenty two million a year. Where, where Miami? They, he turned them down last year. Remember? He turned the, uh, they yeah, they got to draft a guy named Fitzpatrick. He's not. He, he, you're going to get rid of Fitzpatrick? No, the way he played well, last well, year. I mean, like this is one of those things. And not, I'm not trying to source guess on Jeremy Fowler here, but I mean, like, it ain't coming from, t- a t- you know, a, a team out there who's trying to give him 30 million. It's coming from Teddy Bridgewater's side, right? It's coming from his agents who are pushing that number. You know, we, we've heard similar things for lots of free agent quarterbacks. We're like, oh, this market's going to be crazy. He's going to get 30 million a year. It's like, that's, that's not happening. But then it softens the blow when he gets 22 million. Okay. Like, he'll get Nick Foles money. T- from who? I mean, somebody will give it to him. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see where he can get it from. If all of the if all the quarterbacks end up going back to the place that they were slated to stay, or where they okay, let me play this out. Okay, Brady goes to the Chargers. Where do you think Brady will go to? Let's say Brady went to the Chargers. We're going to put it in there for the argument. Okay. Okay. I I think Belichick goes out and gets Andy Dalton. Okay. So that eliminates the Patriots. Cam comes back. He's healthy enough. 
The Panthers got him for $19 million. You're not going to get rid of him to go sign Teddy Bridgewater for $23, $24 million a year. No, not. Okay? So that eliminates them. Tampa, he doesn't fit, A, and they have Jameis, who's better. So that doesn't work. Tannehill goes back to Tennessee. Indianapolis. I mean, that's a possibility, but how much better? What about Rivers in Indy? They'd probably rather have Rivers. Okay, so Rivers goes to Indy. Yeah. Now where's he going? Chicago? On a $22, 23000000 million. So you're the GM who traded up to go get Trubisky. You're going to admit your mistake and go I, sign Teddy Bridgewater. He signed Bridge- Mike Glennon before. But, he but you're going to go sign Teddy Bridgewater to a $23 million contract and say, okay, Teddy, come in and compete with the guy I traded up to go draft. No way. So where's he going? Who's Teddy's agent? Keep going. Keep going. I want you to keep going because you have uh, nothing, um, just like anybody else. I, I just want to see where he can go. Where else? Uh, New Orleans. Go back. It might be his best <laughs> option. You know you laugh. It might be his best option. Sure. I'll be honest with you. I would take Teddy Bridgewater before I would take Taysom Hill as my starting quarterback. Oh, and Sean Payton showed us that last year by Correct. starting him five straight games. Correct. Um, there, so, again, the point is there aren't a lot of options out there for Teddy Bridgewater, and it takes two teams to drive up a price. Drew Brees – Coming back is a big domino. It's sort of an uns- even though he was always going to be with the Saints or bust. Him coming back is a big domino in this in this in this quarterback market. Well, because it takes basically it takes, it takes Teddy Bridgewater and puts him on the market. Right, right. But I mean, like it puts Bridgewater out there. But it also like I mean, I'm not saying Brady was going to New Orleans, but you know, River. I mean, like I think Sean Payton would have had interest in these guys. Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's like Sean's so Bridge stubborn Tigers when it comes to Taysom Hill. He thinks he's the next, you know, great quarterback. I, I don't believe it. I, I, let's put it this way. One week, and this was a couple years ago before you even started him using him that much. And I asked him and he compared him to Romo. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. All right. So he loves Taysom Hill. So maybe he just keeps incorporating. Again, him. we're going to ask this question for the next month. Where is Teddy Bridgewater's market? You love Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe you'll send it to Jacksonville. No, I love Teddy. I, Teddy's I mean, one of my all-time favorite guys I've ever dealt with in this league. He is a class act and a great kid. But the reality is $30 million a year is just laughable. $25 million a year might be laughable. But then again, somebody 20, paid Nick Foles. Oh, wait, we can't say anything about Nick Foles in this room. Yeah, Debo has a Nick Foles fat boy. But he'll start crying, too. We don't want to see him cry anymore. He cried over a football game. Can't cry over a football I game. Forgot you made him, I forgot you made fun of him for crying. Oh, yeah. Uh, DJ Humphreys. <laughs> He's biting his tongue over here because I'm mocking him. Now, every every single day I see Pete, it's a constant reminder of the Eagle Super Bowl, which is a good thing, but it's also a constant reminder of tears. Right. You cried. It's okay to cry. I cried when uh, Duke I would do it again. I, I would cry when ASU wins the national championship, but I cry more when they lose their first game every year because then they're out of it. I will 100% cry if NC State wins a national title in football and basketball. No, I'm not. Herm's up in the air. I don't think I'd be crying. I'll be honest with you. If Herm gets one in like three years. And I'm sitting at the 50-yard line? Yeah. I'm not crying. I'll be happy. I'm not crying. You might get, but you might get like a little emotional. I'll get emotional and I'll be, you know, screaming and yelling and everything else, but I'm not going to cry. Well, screaming and yelling is different. I'm not crying. I'm not crying over a football game. I'll be honest with you. I think if I had enough to drink and I was like, you know, courtside. Uh, I love you, NC State. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Yeah, something like that. See, um, ASU had a chance a couple years ago to actually do something in basketball, but uh, they're the only team in the country that stopped James Harden. They stopped Yeah, yeah former NC State coach, Herb Sindek. Yeah, he played like a slowdown game, and James Harden won the great shooter back then, and they stunk in the tournament and lost to – Syracuse, who played the zone with Eric yeah. Devendorf. Remember Eric Devendorf? Yeah, you can you can shut down the Princeton offense by playing. Why are we talking about basketball? I don't know because we're talking about crying over teams. DJ Humphrey signed a deal. DJ Humphrey's forty-five yeah. million over three years. That the number is, forty-one player on your yeah. free agent. That list. irritated me because I already put the list in, so I wasn't going to take him out now that he signed. Um, yeah, look, he's. People feel slow think, developing player, but, but he's played well, well for them and they like him and he's a good solid left tackle. He's not a great player. He's a good solid left tackle. And when you get a rising player, you try and do everything you can to keep him. Draft, develop, pay. That's, that's the secret to being a good football team in the NFL. Well, and let's not forget that I, like, I don't think, I think it, um, I don't think it hurts if you're 
uh, Steve Kime and everybody in Arizona, and you can point out to your boss who maybe what you know. I mean, Josh's been a little toasty. You know, Josh Rosen, not the greatest draft pick, uh, but Kyler Murray looked good, and you'd be like, "Hey, look, 2015 first round pick, huh? Yeah, a little good draft class. You, you signed David Johnson. You didn't that great. It just, I think, it just helps to be able to say." Our first round pick, you know, it took him a little while to develop, but it's working out, boss. That team's going to be sneaky good next year, I think. I agree. I think they're going to be sneaky good. What I, do you I think, think about Kyler Murray, thirty to one to win MVP? Oh, that can be that. Not going to be that good. Like you think they could be the Ravens good? They're not going to be that good. I mean, they could win ten games and take down the division. Ooh, ten? I thought I was thinking more like nine, eight, something there. But yeah, you get look, anything happens. They play games. tough. They played those teams tough this year. They're they're not bad. They're a pretty good team. And he's going to be a good quarterback. And and some of those young players are growing up. Uh, yeah, I I think they're a team to watch. And Kingsbury well, is a better coach so, than he got credit for when he took the job. Like, I think if you look at the recent draft, like Kime has gotten a bunch of crap for his recent drafts because he you know they had that stretch where it was like uh, you, know, you had Humphreys, well, Kemdichi was a disaster. But like. You know, you have Buda Baker who's developing. He's a good player. He's a uh, really good player. Yeah. Ch- mean, uh, Chase Edmonds, fourth round pick, uh, two years ago. Christian Kirk is a player. You know, Rosen, you traded, but you got to pick back for him at least. And then it enabled you to take Kyler Murray. You know, uh, Reddick, Murphy, Reddick hasn't been what they thought he was yet. And that's, that's a little bit of a concern, but he's been Reddick. Hassan Reddick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could develop. The dagger is Reddick was taken one pick after. This guy named Patrick Mahomes. Not sure if you heard of him. Yeah. And then, absolutely, I heard of him because he was my top quarterback, remember? Got yeah, one right. Got one right considering all the wrongs I've had. Um, he, he, here, here's the other thing about the Cardinals is when you look at that roster, youth is starting to take over, and that's something you always want to see. Yeah. It, 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 when you have a quarterback in place, you have a lot of young talent there. You know that Kime in that front office is good about supplementing with veterans. Maybe they can go out and, and you know, if it all comes together. And look, Kingsbury, Kingsbury was talking about this the other day. Cliff Kingsbury was how Kyler Murray's like, you know, just trying to stay afloat. So was Cliff Kingsbury. He got a, he became a much better coach as the year went on. I, I agree. I agree. And I think he's going to be a good coach. You know, people don't realize this about Kingsbury. You know, they give him the playboy stuff, the, you know, good look guy, good looking guy and all that. I know. He's, I the, first the, guy, he's the first guy in and the last guy out. He he works his butt off. He's one of those guys. He's a grinder. So yeah. let's talk about your free agent list. You do it every year. Although last year we didn't know if you were definitely going to do it. Well, I didn't do. This is the first time I think I've done a hundred. You've done a hundred before, have I? I thought it was 25. fifty. I thought it was fifty. There was buzz. You were going to do seven this year. Seven top seven free agents. Why? <laughs> Just kidding. Um. Seven, this is a list of seven guys. Uh, but no, you did a, a hundred is a ton. It's a lot. And I got to tell you, Pete, A, it's a good list. Got a little beef with a couple, and I'll mention these. But, um, B, this is a really good free agency it's class. It's a great free agency class. I mean, and I'm I, not a free agent guy normally. And, and when I do look at free agents, I look at that target age of 26, because that's what I, I want my guys to be 26, 27. That's it. I don't want to pay the older guy, usually. Um, but this is a great list of 26 and 27 year olds. It really is. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, you think back just a couple of years ago, and I know he's a lot older, but, um, Jason Pierre Paul was a top five or 10 free agent on most lists, and he's 61 on your list. Jimmy and he Smith, played well last again, year. And he played well last year, Jason Pierre Paul. Yeah, two 31 year olds, but I mean, and Emmanuel Sanders too is old, but 64 there. Marcus Mariota, I mean, a former number two overall pick is 65th on the list. Kenyon Drake, guys like this down at the bottom, Von Bell. I mean, there's a lot of talent out there. Brashad Breeland, who played well, I thought, down the stretch. Vic Beasley led the league in sacks one year, 79th on this list. Um, Andrews Pete. Yeah. He'd be really clear once, if he's Once healthy. he stops eating, he's going to be good. Yeah, get him out of New Orleans. I never forget. I was there in training camp, and they were talking about how big he was. <laughs> if, I was if I lived in New Orleans, I would weigh 40 pounds more than I weigh right now. Yeah. And, and, and all that fit, all that fish like covered in delicious sauces oh, man. not to you mention know. bourbon street ah yeah you get hammered on you, bourbon street get, nights. and then you go get a lucky dog at the casino yeah tell me right. you've never eaten a lucky dog i actually have never eaten a lucky dog you never been you've been you have a buzz you go eat the lucky dog it's the only time I, you eat it 
I've been drunk in that casino at Harris. I mean, yeah, I have too. But you go, you go eat a Lucky Dog. It's right there in the casino. I have to check it out next time in New Orleans. Um, you eat it, and then eat it about twelve more times when you're sleeping. Delightful thought. Delightful uh, work. There. To note about the timing. Uh, Dak Prescott, your number one player on here. No surprise, and probably no surprise to that he won't end up being a free agent. Like, I, like I don't think anybody expects him to make it out there, right? No, he's going to get tagged. Here's the thing, and I say this in the in the in the story. He's not better right now than some of those guys behind him, but the value in terms of where he is as his age and everything makes him the number one free agent on the market in my mind. Like if you were a GM. And you were signing, let, let's say a franchise that didn't exist and you, you don't have a quarterback. You would sign Dak Prescott before you signed Drew Brees, Tom Brady, or Philip Rivers. For the long term. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. No doubt. No question about it. Um, Brady number four, Brees number three. He's obviously not a free agent. Well, he is technically he a, is free a free agent. agent. He hadn't signed. He just said he's coming back. Right. Um, Rivers number six. I got a little beef. You mentioned age. AJ Green five, Amari Cooper seven. You'd take Green over Amari Cooper. I would. I don't, I, where was Amari Cooper in the big games? I mean, Debo's an Eagles fan. Did you see him in the Eagles game in the final game of the season? Final, uh, in that game that they had the win? Where the, was he? The first one, not the second one. Right. He was a no-show. And you look at his numbers on the road. They're significantly worse than at home. That's always a concern. So yeah, I, I, I would take AJ Green over. Hey, now, AJ Green's healthy. I think he sat out the season. I think he could have played in normal year he plays. Uh, as a free agent, he sits out. AJ Green's better than Amari Cooper. All right. Um, by the way, uh, home for Amari Cooper, 52 catches, 869 yards, five touchdowns, 6.5 catches per game. On the road, 27 catches, 320 yards, three touchdowns, uh, 3.4 catches per game. Very bizarre splits. It's weird. I mean, disappeared in big games on the road. And they had some tough weather games down the stretch, but that makes you wonder about that. I, and like I said on our show uh, yesterday, I pointed out, I mean, he's also been, the Raiders have dumped him and now the Cowboys are, eh, like, kind of wishy-washy on signing him. But at the age of 25, that's a concern for me. Of course. Um, okay. Where, where do you think, or how would you rank, and where do you think the quarterbacks, um, end up going next year? Drew, Dak, Brady, Rivers. Drew Brees is going back. We know that. Well, so I who, think. rank those in order and then. And where they're going? Just for next year. For next year? So like you're just well, you just, don't know you where they're playing. So it's hard. Like where are they playing? Deal. Where are they playing? That's going to matter. Well, then you tell me. You tell me. And okay, I'll, 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 Breeze is going back to New Orleans, so that's why he's where he is. Okay. He'd be the top of the list. Brady, I still think he's going back to New England. He'd be he'd be second on my list. Uh, Dak would probably be third, going back to the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy if he gets in there and learns the offense. And Rivers would probably be fourth. And Rivers. And I think he's going to the Colts. Who wins more games, Rivers with the Patriots in 2020? Rivers with the Patriots or Brady with the Chargers? Rivers with the Patriots. I agree. Um, I feel like Rivers can. Be I don't good. think there's much of a difference in what they did last year between Rivers and, and Brady. Yeah, Rivers, Rivers threw more interceptions. Rivers threw more more interceptions, but a lot of it had to do with the offensive line. Any chance you would take Tannehill over any of those guys? Hell no. Ooh. Zero. So what should the Titans do with Tannehill? One or the other with with Henry, and one will get franchise tag and one will get transition tag if they don't get deal done with them. Did you think about ranking Derrick Henry above Ryan Tannehill? No. <laughs> you at least thought about it? I thought about it. Henry is 21. On the, I mean, Tannehill is 21, excuse me. Um, and then uh, Joe Tooney, 22. A little low for me. Jack Conklin. Where did he go to school, Joe Tony? NC State. There you go. Uh, and then Derrick Henry, 25. You also on this list have Jameis Winston, 11. Sandwich between Judavid Clowney and Byron Jones. I mean, again, like these are big name defensive players out there. Shaq Barrett, Chris Harris. Um, what, what would you do if you're the Buccaneers with Jameis Winston? I tag him. I'd give him, I'd, I'd start with the Foles deal, add a million or two a year. And if he didn't take it, I tag him. Okay. So you tag him and they'd be like, here's what we'll give you. Right. I mean, I, no, I'd say, let's work this out. Here's my deal. Three year. I'm not going to give you the five year mega deal. I'll give you the three for what Foles was what, 21, 22 last year. 
I'll give you three for 20. I'll give you three for 23.5. And if you don't take it, then I'm going to tag you. That's what I would do. Right. Second year in that offense is always big for the quarterback, A. And I think Winston has talent. He just throws, he's got to learn how to check the ball down. His line was bad last year. I thought the right tackle was terrible. Can they, imp- could you see Rivers going to Tampa Bay? Does he drive the ball down the field, though, the way they want to? I don't, I don't know. I, I think Winston. Does anybody drive the ball down the field no. the way that Winston freaking- does? And that's why he should stay there. Okay. What, uh, what defensive player? Oh, actually, first, uh, do you think Calvin Noy will have a good market? Off the ball linebacker. He did rush the passer better last year. Um, no, I think it'll be an average market. Okay. My theory is that there are a bunch of these teams that are run by ex-Patriots people like the Titans and the Lions, uh, the Texans. And so he'll have a bigger market because they're teams that feel comfortable with him yeah, without, that, you know. Those positions don't get paid that much though. Right. I mean, like there's some good, like, I'll give you one. Kwiatkowski from the Bears. You could probably get him for a decent deal to play inside linebacker. He did a nice job when he stepped in last year. Yep. And that's the kind of guy. He's good on special teams. That's the kind of guy that you want to look at. Blake Martinez makes a ton of tackles, but he makes them way downfield. I don't, and he, but somebody's going to pay him too. Does, uh, Chris Jones get tagged? He better. They'd be crazy. Not crazy to, not to tag him, right? They, they're crazy not to tag him. Like, in I would, fact, I, I met team. his dad on the sideline at the at the playoff game, and I told his dad, I said, look, if they tag your kid, don't let the agent talk you out of signing that. And he looked at me and I said, you might not think it's a lot of money. It's generational money right in your pocket. And then next contract will be generational money. Don't yeah. let him talk you into leaving that money sitting out and sitting on it uh, somewhere on in the organization's pocket. You got to take that money. Go play. Yeah, get, it, get it guaranteed. Fully, you sign it. It's fully guaranteed. Take the money. You're, you're not going to, there's nothing else in life that you can go get that money for a year. Go get yeah. the money. You only have so many earning years in, in your body. And he was hurt last year at the end of last year. He, he should have learned a valuable lesson from that. And he's young enough too, where like, even if he suffered an injury and missed the last six games of the season, he'd still get crazy paid in free agency. Yeah. He's look, he is a dominant, dominant player. And I think at times he's not as good as he will be. And that's scary. He can really – you saw it in the Super Bowl. He can impact the game by pushing that pocket. I mean, he's the one who fl- – I think he's the one who flipped the game in the fourth quarter. I mean, obviously Mahomes, but, like, he, he shut down the 49ers offense. All right, if you could pick one non-Chris Jones defensive player to sign on your uh, on your list, who would it be? Like, what would you – who do you think can make – not necessarily the highest-ranked guy for you, but who makes the biggest impact on the defense? Well, that's tough. I, I mean, I think Clowney's going to get way overpaid. I think who signs him? Does Miami? Does he finally go to Miami maybe. now? Maybe Shaq Barrett's gonna. You don't know if he's is he a one one hit wonder or not. Uh, you know, the, I'll tell you who. Justin Simmons is the guy I would sign. Mm. You have Justin Simmons ranked fifteenth. I safety of course. Uh, athletic safety could cover a lot of ground. <clears throat> excuse me, in a league where you need that, and he's a rising player. I want a rising – if I'm going to give a guy a five-year deal, I want him to be 25, 26, 27 years old. What do you think about Yannick Ngakwe out there? That's Would you ask Yannick Ngakwe at what he'll command or Jadavion Clowney at what he'll command? I, uh, Clowney plays the run significantly better, and Ngakwe is a better pass rusher. Right. So who would you go with? I'd probably go with Ngakwe. I think Ngakwe is miscast in Jacksonville's off defense. Uh, he's a lighter – Defensive end probably only weighs 240 pounds at times, and he gets—he's not great against the run. <coughs> Excuse me, and that's why the Jaguars pinged him on the contract talks. Coughlin just berated the agent supposedly about not being able to play the run. You're not paying that guy to play the run. You're paying that guy to rush the passer. I would stand him up on one Rick side. Coughlin yelled at his agent about. Well, not he didn't yell at him, him, but you know, it was one of the negotiations. He's like, "We can't give you that money. You can't play the run." Exactly. That's what I heard. And so you got Ngagwe on one side, you got Josh Allen on the other. Stand them both up. Play, play, you know, nobody, nobody plays 4-3-3-4 three, three, four anymore because there's not seven guys on the field. It's, it's six. Just have them roaming around and let them cross up and, and put them on one, the same side. Do you time. realize Josh Allen sometimes didn't play uh, other than about half the snaps in games? That should never happen. He's, you got to figure out how those two could be on the field at the same time. I'd stand them both up like, much like the Broncos do with Von Miller and Chubb when Chubb is healthy. That's what I would do with those two. So, yeah, I think I'd bring them back. They'll tag them. 
I, I heard they will tag him. They're going to, you know, people will look at their salary cap situation and say, oh my God, they have no money. Um, because they're up against it. The most committed numbers of anybody. I think it's over $200 million right now. But they're going to clear out Boye's going, uh, Jake Ryan's going, um, Swain's going, uh, you know, uh, Darius's contract. He'll be on this list, but he's not there yet. Uh, they're going to clear out, you know, with a blink of the eye, they'll go clear out Marquise Lee. They'll clear out $40 million quickly. What do you think about the uh, trade Dave, Dave Gettleman made for Leonard Williams in the middle of the season? Uh, it's weird if you're not going to bring him back. I mean, are they going to tag him? Like, I wouldn't he, tag him. It, Leonard Williams is a great enigma because he's a great player as a defensive player, just but he doesn't rush the passer that well. He like he's a great player who doesn't like really make an impact. Correct. Like, he soaks up blocks, but he, I mean, not like anybody can do that. But I mean, correct. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is weird. He's really young still. He was only like 21 when he came out of the draft. How much would you give him in free agency? Uh, that's a tough negotiation because he doesn't rush the passer. Yeah. There, you know what there is? There's a lot of good defensive tackles in this class. A lot of them. And, and you know, some of them are just run stuffer. Like Michael Pierce, run stuffer. Uh, you know, Ashawn Robinson, run stuffer. Uh, you get a lot of those guys. I, I, DJ Reader, Reader is one of those guys that's going to get paid. Javon Hargrave is another one. I mean, there's a lot of big-bodied guys that are going to get good contracts in this free agency. Who who is somebody on this list where you'll when they sign like an, a slightly or like a it'll be slightly under market, but fans will be like, oh, it's a little bit more than I thought it would be. You'll be like, that's a good value signing. Who's Re- a sneaky good value signing? Hargrave or Reader? Both okay. Uh, Shelby I, Harris. Shelby Harris, another one. That's and he probably won't get the money those guys get, but he's another one. I think, you know, those are the kind of guys that you, when you supplement your team, you put those guys and you need those big bodies in the middle of your line. And, and I think that's, that's, those are three guys right there. I think they're going to be, people are going to go, oh, wow, that's a lot of money for them, but they're good players. There's actually some decent offensive linemen out there. Yeah. Like we mentioned Pete before. Sure. Scherf is like, if I was a team that was trying to be, I mean, like if you're the Seahawks, I, I know this is just, I'm just sort of spinning this off the top of my head, but like, why don't you just go make it rain with Scherf and, and Joe Tooney? I would. And then like, you have two elite guys on the, on the interior. Well, I mean, I wouldn't sign two of them. I signed one of them. You should be able to find one of them. But I mean, like, those are, like, Scherf can be a, an all pro guard when he's healthy. I, I think when you look at the way they are as a team, they need to get help on the offensive line. I mean, Costanzo's out there. Balaga's out there. Yeah. Um, there are, there are linemen out there. Now, there's some talk that Costanzo might retire. So we'll see, but uh, I think when you look at the linemen, you can you can get guys that can step in and help your team, no question. Yeah, you've got. I mean, I know he hadn't wasn't that great. Connor McGovern. Year. I mean, Darrell Williams, who at least has played well yeah. at various points. Yeah, and position versatility. Glasgow, you know, Graham Glasgow from the Lions can play center and guard. Yeah, uh, I think that don't matters. So there, don't there are. Forget about uh, Debo's boy, Big V. He's out there too. You know, Halapalavatai Vitai. Did yeah. I get that right? Halapudi Vati Vitai. Yeah, he's out there too. Jason Peters is out there. He's, he's thirty-eight, and you have and him forty-six. Yeah, but Jason that Peters, seems can, high. he can still play. You think so? Yes, I do. When he's healthy, the problem is he's not always healthy. Halapudi Vati Vitai. That's not a hundred percent right. He's he's <laughs> got right. He's at the right age. Uh, yeah. He's the right age, and he can play left and right tackle. So you worried about the Eagles' offensive line, Diva? No, we got. Andre Dillard, last year's first-round pick, probably going to slide in at left tackle. Lane Johnson would be back and healthy. Best right guard in football, Brandon Brooks. I think Jason Kelsey will be back. There's I been do. rumors about him retiring. No concern about the line. Peter, are you worried about the Eagles' offensive line? Did no. you wave at me to say bye-bye? Or were you no, saying, somebody waved at me. No, I do not. I do not worry about their line. They're, they're, they'll be fine. Hey, you know what? Uh, what do you think about – we floated this idea on the podcast yesterday, I think. But what do you think about the Patriots going out, they bring back Tom Brady, and then in free agency they sign Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry? Both of them? Yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to be able to afford both of them. Okay. I think those are two – or maybe you go – how about this one? You go get Hunter Henry and uh, Eric Ebron. Mm, that's not bad. Who would you rather have, Henry or Hooper? Henry. Yeah, me too. Henry's a better player, but he, Hooper's, you know, been on the field more. So don't forget, Eifert's around. You know, people laugh. Tyler Eifert, I almost put, I didn't put him on the list, but he's, he had 46 catches last year and played all 16 games. 
And you know what people don't, I don't think talk about enough either is like, so for instance, if I were a team and I was interested in Brandon Scherf, the fact that he was like semi healthy for Washington would make him more attractive to me because Washington, like if you play for the Chargers and you're hurt, like Hunter Henry, or you play for the Redskins, like Brandon Scherf, and you can't stay healthy, I don't know that's necessarily a player problem so much as it is an organizational problem. Uh, by the way, um, when you look at some of these offensive linemen, the, particularly yeah. the guards, they were tackles at one point. So when you look at the draft going forward, look at the tackles who can't who got it, can't play tackle, move them inside. Scherf was a college tackle. People forget that. Yep. All right, Pete. Uh, that's your top 100 list. Yeah. Thanks as always. Dive for in, pick it apart, scream at me, yell at me, and uh, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. And you can go. Uh, well, you can watch Pete talk about it on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll talk to Cody Benjamin about the XFL. Thanks, Pete. You got it. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. By right, time to talk some XFL to do that, joining us on the horn, the phone, the Skype machine, whatever you want to call it, Cody Benjamin, CBS Sports, NFL slash XFL writer. Is that, is that what's the, what, what, like how, how heavy is your XFL workload at this point? Well, that's it. No, no, no. You're, you're correct. I actually, before, um, you know, I got the invite to come on here, I thought, you know, I, I'm pumped to be on the Pick Six podcast with you, but <laughs> I thought, I never would have imagined, you know, that the one thing that would get me on here would be covering the XFL. I mean, a few years ago, obviously, this thing didn't even exist. So, um, yeah, I guess you could say it's split between that and it's kind of, uh, I mean, with the NFL being in the off season right now, obviously free agency and stuff will be ramping up pretty soon. But right now it's, it's been fun just to kind of, you know, dive into the XFL. And the, the, the cool thing about power rankings and everything is that, Literally no one has any idea um, <laughs> about these teams. And so you've got a pretty good shot of, of kind of looking pretty good. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, like, there's a lot less, you know, you're not going to have, like, the Eagles at 32 preseason and they win the Super Bowl or something. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. there's a lot less variance, you know, and after two weeks. it does, all right, Let me ask you this. Does it feel like after two weeks that we're seeing some separation in terms of the top and bottom teams? Because to me, I mean, obviously – my DC defenders, the team, and I, by the way, I, I, uh, I, uh, I adopted the Orlando Apollos and they won the AAF championship. So DC defenders should be excited that I'm a DC defenders guy now. Uh, you know, they're allowing less than 10 points a game and you can sort of see, it seems to me like you can sort of see some differences between, uh, how these, how these, like the top and the bottom are shaken out, right? Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. I know. I mean, two weeks is a small sample size, but then again, this is a 10 week season we're talking about with a, a very abbreviated playoff picture. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's easy to pick out some teams that are separating themselves and I'm sure we'll get into it, but I think the biggest reason for that is the quarterbacks. And we see that there's a, a big gap kind of between the top quarterbacks and the bottom tier quarterbacks. And if you have one of those better ones, you're probably one of the better teams. And that includes, the D.C. defenders, in fact, I mean, going into this, um, just because it's such a crapshoot, really, to, to figure out who of these guys is actually going to play well. Um, you know, going into it, 
I think it was easy to see that DC, if you just looked at the rosters, they had, you know, easily among the most, um, NFL caliber or at least recognizable names. And so going into the first, uh, power rankings, excuse me, I, I said in the first power rankings, I said if the DC defenders, so we're in this together. I said if they aren't, you know, the favorite early on, I mean, I'm a big thin mints guy and they're going to be coming out with Girl Scout cookies in a few months. I said, if they aren't at the top, by the end of the year, I'll eat two boxes instead of three this year. And I'm, I'm sticking by that. <laughs> instead of one. All right. All right. Um, you're a Thin Mints guy, huh? Big Thin Mints guy. I mean, I, I mow through those boxes pretty quickly. I don't know about you. but No, no, no. I love a Thin Mint. I'm more of a Samoa guy. I'm a big coconut fan. Uh, I don't okay. know about me as a human being, but maybe maybe bad things, maybe good things. Who knows? Um, I did discover recently that these, these Girl Scout cookies come from two different – and this is Debo's like, how, how is this happening? How is he on a, on a Girl Scout cookie tangent? Um, but they come from two different manufacturers. Did you realize that? So like sometimes you get different thin mints in different parts of the country. And sometimes you get, uh, like what they're called Samoas or the, uh, there's another name for them too. Like okay. They- well, I, I didn't know it was two manufacturers, but I just recently had because, you know, thin mints will come up this time of year in conversation yeah. plenty. Um, but, having a conversation about how in different regions, I guess they have different names. And I just assumed it was a regional kind of like sports illustrated doing, you know, regional cover here, regional it cover is. there. It is. Okay. Sort of, I think it's sort of like that. Like one of them is like covered in a layer of chocolate fudge, right. Or like, or dark cho- or milk chocolate, or whatever it is. And that yeah. was delicious. And the other one is like just a, like a cookie with mint flavor. Really? Okay. Then I've never had the one that's not covered in, in fudge. I well, think. Maybe they're both covered in fudge, but one has a thicker I'm looking at the like ABC Bakers does one that's not as thick. Um, like so, for instance, for, they do Samoas or caramel delights. Okay. Different ones, and like the, the Samoas have more caramel, uh, a dark, more dark chocolate, and more coconut. Whereas the caramel, the, I'm 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 big into Girl Scout cookies too. So. <laughs> okay, sweet. Well, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to you know. No, 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 no. This is a delightful tangent. Um, okay. A caramel delightful tangent. Uh, I'll see myself out. The all right, so. If you're if you're putting DC on one side, I agree. With you. I think they're the best team, the most complete team. Um, not that they're the most explosive offense, but they can run the ball. They can they can pass it. Cardell Jones is, clearly can push the ball uh, down the field. Um, what about uh, what about on the uh, I guess it's the other side of the bracket, so to speak? Uh, what do you think about? Is it clearly Houston that's the best team on the other side? Yeah, yeah, and I think again it comes down to the quarterback. I mean, kind of the the hot MVP candidate, if you will, after two weeks, I think is PJ Walker, um, their quarterback, uh, former Indianapolis Colts prospect, and and you know he hasn't been uh, you know quite as accurate as I guess the most accurate quarterback. I know we're only talking about you know less than a dozen guys here, but still, when he's making plays, I mean he's he's the athlete of of the quarterbacks, and so you know the XFL was right to compare. I think he had, you know, a touchdown pass just this past weekend, looked a lot like a Patrick Mahomes sidearm, and they're right to compare it to that. I mean, he's been he's been the most fun, I'd say, of the quarterbacks to watch, and he's not just been fun, but he's been productive. And so, yeah, that's the biggest reason for Houston being, I think, you know, one of those top two, three surefire contenders. Uh, the other quarterback who's looked pretty good, Jordan Te'amu, um, he actually ended up with more fantasy points than Philip Walker threw three touchdown passes to Cam Phillips. On, uh, on Sunday night, but, uh, Te'amu, I mean, like, it does feel like there's more star power with these quarterbacks or, like, it's more watchable quarterback play than you would, than we got in the AAF. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, definitely. I think actually the biggest thing that differentiated it for me, even from the first weekend, I mean, after watching the AAF, I remember one of the biggest talking points was how poor the offensive line play was, and not just the quarterback play, but, you know, remembering how important it is to just be able to have those, uh, I guess, uh, unglorified, um, you know, the, the unceremonious positions filled out properly. And I think I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, watching DC, the first game of the first weekend, um, it was competent enough where the quarterback could drop back and he's not getting, you know, walloped every play. And so it was that alone, I think, has, has allowed these guys like Cardale Jones. Obviously, it's not helping Matt McGloin enough, but it's... Funny, um, funny you should mention Matt McGloin. Yeah. Uh, we actually have audio of him. Uh, he joined Diet, friend of the show, Diana Rossini on, uh, the XFL sideline. This is like the best thing about the XFL is that Matt McGloin, like, rips coaching or like, rip like the game plan. 
and then he gets benched, and then he has to do an interview after he's been benched while he's standing on the sidelines and he's watching uh, his backup who came in to play, and and just just sitting there watching him like like you've been benched and you have to give an interview. It is uh it is pretty glorious. Yeah, I think. This is, no, this is hold on, this is the first one. Right here. To get something going here, we need to change the whole entire game plan at halftime. What do you need to change about the game plan? What are you frustrated about? There's just a lot going on right out now. Uh, it's embarrassing for us here as an offense. So a lot of things we want to fix and correct. Thanks. I mean, he, he said that to Rossini. And look, he was enthusiastic and he gave that. And then he actually got benched. He's like, we need to change a bunch of stuff. And the coaches are like, okay, Matt, we're changing this. You've been benched. Oh, yeah. I think that that was, I mean, apparent right from week one. And, and obviously, you know, the broadcast teams, they're all still trying to figure this out, how to make it work. But I think aside from it just being more entertaining than the AF, um, a thing that they have even a leg up on the NFL is just this transparency, this raw, you know, you see it with the replay officials, you see it with the quarterbacks. And the weird thing, too, is that, you know, I just thought of it now when you're replaying that clip. You know, if this were a Patrick Mahomes in the NFL we're probably not going to get that. You almost have to have a quarterback of Matt McGloin's caliber, nothing against Matt McGloin, but, but to be in those dire circumstances to even get a quote like that. I mean, to, it's almost like you need some of that disparity in the, uh, the talent level to get these guys frustrations, you know, expressed um, because otherwise it's going to be behind the PR machine. The, you know, Patrick Mahomes is never going to have to say that because he's just, he's good enough to avoid situations like that. But, um, but, yeah, certainly I think that was a highlight of uh, at least the broadcast team. I don't know how Matt McGloin feels about it now. but I, I would guess it was not a um, not a highlight for him. And, by the way, uh, so they are these, – God, these teams confuse me. Whenever I look at – he is he on Dallas? Is that right? He uh, is New York. New York Guardians. Okay, yeah. so New York plays at St. Louis this week. And the reason I bring that up is that um, – uh, St. Louis is not terrible defensively, but they've given up 18 and a half points per game. And I actually think Marquise Williams is a very interesting AAF quarterback because of his mobility and the things you can do with an offense that maybe you can't do with Matt McGloin. So I'll be, I'll be curious. I think Marquise Williams, do you think they'll go, if they announce, are they going to go back to McGloin, go forward with Marquise Williams? Do you know what they're going to do there? Uh, I mean, I think that they'd be crazy not to consider going to Marquise Williams and mainly because you know, it's not all Matt McGloin's fault um, because of the offensive line, the play calling. Uh, but then again, I mean, he had he had opportunities. He had wide open targets. But bigger than that, if the offensive line is shaky, if they want to get a spark, I mean, Marquise Williams at least brings a little something to the ground. And that's something that Matt McGloin just he can't do. I mean, if he can extend the play a little bit uh, and I'm talking about Marquise Williams, I think it's worth going to him. I mean, I would say, again, th- these are short. It's going to go fast, the season. I mean, you're already 20% of the way through the regular season. I think they're going to be forced to make a decision there. And, and honestly, I don't think the rope is that long for, for Matt McGloin. Yeah, and uh, if I called him an AAF quarterback, what I meant was interesting AF quarterback. Uh, I don't know if he's going to give me a pass on that one. But I do, I really do. Like, Marquise Williams led, the, led Carolina to a the freaking ACC title against Clemson and had him on the ropes with Larry Fedora. Like, I, I think... To me, he's a, he is an interesting guy that they should consider looking at. Um, what uh, what criticisms would you have for the league thus far? Well, it's tough. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to go on, uh, I guess, about the quarterbacks and how you know that's going to be a struggle. But that's, I mean, we we've we've been over this. I guess the NFL doesn't, you know, they struggle with fielding enough good, let alone great quarterbacks, and so that's that's one thing. But I guess it's really just. Can you sustain this over uh, the course of, of 10 weeks and then not even that, but beyond the season? I mean, we've seen, I guess, the the attendance can vary depending on the markets. And the, I think the biggest thing is when you've got the big markets like New York um, struggling, especially with the talent they have at quarterback or lack thereof. I mean, that's really where, uh, you know, Seattle's another one, possibly Los Angeles. I mean, they've looked pretty bad, especially defensively. They're trying to capitalize on markets that are also, you know, touting NFL teams. I think the biggest question mark, and I don't even know if I have a solution for it, is do you have enough talent to to draw fans not only for one weekend, one Saturday, but say, hey, I've learned to love this guy. I want to watch him next year. Mm. And then the, the bittersweet part of it is if they're that good, you know, let's say a P.J. Walker, he's the MVP he might not even be there next year. I mean, unless he really views himself as wanting to just be the face of the XFL, 
I mean, he might want to go back to uh, Colts training camp and compete for uh, the backup job. I, you know, that that's going to be a tough part, and that's true for any developmental league. No, that, no, that's a good point. I mean, I think like anybody who is playing at a high level in this league, and you know, we we touched on this with Brady Quinn a few weeks ago, but um, you know, the interviews are really great because you do like even if it backfires in Matt McGloin's face, you get to see a lot of like a lot of personality on the sidelines very quickly. Like it was an yeah. Anthony Johnson who, you know, uh, again, Diana Rossini was asking him about, you know, he had to fly in like the night before on a red eye and the coaches were like, Oh, we don't need to play this much. He's like, no, 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 I'll play whatever you need me to. She's like, so do you recline or like, do you not recline? Yeah. Like, Oh, you can't recline. What are you talking about? Get, get the seat out of me. Um, I just think like that, that aspect of it is just fascinating. And, you know, you get a guy like Philip Walker who plays really well, uh, you know, boost his, sort of public persona by being the, the face of the XFL. It's hard not to imagine him getting a job in the NFL. In fact, I think the NFL will encourage its teams to look to a guy like Philip Walker and say, hey, you know, sign this guy because we do want this to be a developmental league. Yeah, and I, and I do think, you know, as cliche as it may sound, I know the XFL has been trying to run with this catchphrase, you know, for the love of football. Like a lot of these guys are just they're playing because they want to play the game, but I think – you know, if you watch these locker room celebrations and these huddles and these, uh, I mean, you're getting the mics and seeing these players. It certainly, to me, doesn't look like these guys are just, oh, I'm here just because I have to be to try and get to the NFL. Like a lot of these guys, you know, uh, unless they're playing for, I guess, the Tampa Bay Vipers and Mark Tressman, you know, they seem uh, they seem excited. They seem like, oh, we're going to go have fun in the locker room afterward. And I think there is you know, we see that in sports. That's why a lot of people are drawn to sports. There's kind of that, that brotherhood, that unity. And, and it does sound kind of like, I don't know, like a Disney movie or something, but I think part of it is true. And I think that that's, you know, when you have guys that are at least talented enough to put some kind of an entertaining product on the field, that that's helping the fans too. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't start any Tampa Bay Vipers in fantasy. No, definitely not. <laughs> I would say that if we're going to, if you want to bet on one thing after you know listening to this podcast, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the early odds makers, uh, I think we're we're buying into the Tampa Bay Vipers, and I don't know if that's because Mark Tressman has had success in leagues other than the NFL, but I think we've been reminded pretty quickly why Mark Tressman maybe isn't coaching in the NFL right now, and I think it doesn't really matter who's under center for them: Aaron Murray, Quentin Flowers, uh, you know, anyone. I think uh, if you're going to bet one thing, it's that you should take the team that's playing the Vipers. You did. Uh, you wrote about the. I think with the Vipers over under win total was seven and a half. It was cr- honestly, I was really surprised when I saw that. I I was you know because I was just looking. I guess it was a superficial look by me to look at you know which names do I recognize on these rosters, and and looking at Tampa Bay, you know they had they had Antonio Callaway I think was their biggest name and he's not playing at all. I mean he got hurt before the season. Um, other than that, I mean, I guess it was really just convincing yourself that Mark Trestman was going to be creative enough. And instead we get, you know, a 13 play drive that ends, you know, they're at the one yard line and they can't punch it in. So I think, yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay is not very inspiring to me. I think uh, it's going to be tough for them to even approach 500. Yeah. They've got a uh, uh, 12 points this season. So maybe, maybe yeah. over <laughs> under like 75 points. It's just seven and a half wins more like seven uh, seven, 75 points. Um, what do you think about these matchups in week three on Saturday? We have Houston at Tampa Bay. Uh, Houston, the best, I think the best offensive team so far, um, in, in the XFL. They are five and a half point favorites at Tampa Bay, the worst offensive team, uh, in the league so far. And then Dallas at Seattle, a nice little matchup in the afternoon, uh, on Saturday. Anything pique your interest in terms of players who might break out or, uh, the totals or, or even just uh, the, the lines there? The totals this week seem a little more reasonable to me, but I think if you're leaning one way, I mean, I'd say they're still a little bit inflated. Um, I mean, just points have been hard to come by for some of these teams. 45 um, and a half for Houston, Tampa Bay, 44 for Dallas and Seattle. Yeah, I think I would go under on both of those, to be honest. Um, and then as far as the just picking the games, I mean, I Houston, at, I think they're five and a half point favorites against the Vipers. I think that's pretty low, even on the road. Um, I, I would go with Houston all the way there. And then Dallas going to Seattle. Um, I know everyone maybe is a little bit more up on Landry Jones after how he finished, even though he started. You know, I, I didn't think he, frankly, looked to be in great football shape to start that game. Um, 
but Dallas going to Seattle, I think the Dragons, um, Jim Zorn's t- team, have uh, an underrated defense a little bit, so that'd be close. I'd almost lean with the home team there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as uh, and then I also yeah, Dallas that- didn't. I I thought I I I egged on XF on uh, DFS last week because I. I, I thought everyone, everybody would be on Philip Walker and Cardell Jones, and I pivoted a little bit to Landry Jones instead of, I should have gone to Teanu, um, but Landry Jones didn't really impress. Um, you know, they actually, uh, is it, don't they have, uh, Cameron Artis Payne running the ball for him who looked good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To be honest, no, I agree with you about Landry Jones though, too. I think a little bit of a disappointment from the guys who are maybe supposed to be, you know, Josh Johnson and Landry Jones have been kind of talked up as, or coming into the season. You know, these most experienced guys with NFL resumes. I mean, frankly, they've, they've both been pretty disappointing. It's been, you know, and Cardell Jones is a, is a, is a big name, you know, coming from the NFL, but still, um, him and, you know, PJ Walker, you know, Tayamu, those have been the guys that have been stars, but, um, and, uh, actually, this is, uh, uh so we have some CBS sports. You, I'll get, you have to get RJ White to share these with you. Um, RJ has, unless you already have them, they don't worry about it. But, uh, RJ has been compiling team stats for oh, proprietary yeah. CBS sports. Have you got a hold of these? Oh yeah. Yeah. We've been, uh, it's, it's as if I think, uh, Brett Anderson, another one of our, our NFL editors, I think we were joking the other day, we've kind of become like 1980s statisticians because, yeah, yeah. um, we're, we're compiling the individual stats and RJ has been going even more with the well, team you've stats. Got the individual stats? We've been doing at least stat leaders, so like the top 10, 15, 20 guys. And, and with a new league, I mean, you can't really find these totals. Uh, there's, everywhere. Nothing, there's nothing anywhere. You can't, XFL doesn't have them, but, um, the, uh, the, the Dragons, the Seattle Dragons lead the XFL in, uh, tackles for a loss percentage, 16.7% uh, of their runs equated to a tackle for a loss. And they only allow 3.5, 3.48 yards per carry in the run game. So I would, caution people who are saw how great Cameron Artis Payne was, how great the Dallas uh, run game was. I think you might be right, Cody. You might be onto a little upset here. What about um what about on uh on Sunday, the Guardians, jeez, Louise, huge dogs. Nine and a half point dogs at the Battlehawks, over under forty and a half gross. And then uh the DC the my DC defenders at the Los Angeles Wildcats, DC minus eight, uh over under forty four. Anything there pique your interest? Yeah, I mean, on Sunday, I think, uh, to me, the biggest thing that, that the, uh, the nine point line for the Guardians game, to, I mean, I don't think the Guardians can be much worse offensively than they were, um, especially if they go with Marquise Williams for a little bit. But I think to me, that really just says that the odds makers are, are starting to believe already that St. Louis is, is one of those top two, three contenders. Um, I, I still might lean under there just because, um, the Battlehawks have, have done really well on the ground. And so if we're thinking they're going to go up on New York, I mean, they're probably just going to keep it on the ground. I don't know if it's going to be a high scoring game either way. And then the last game, DC, I mean, I'm going with DC. I think there's no better chance really. I mean, statistically right now, Cardale Jones should have another great performance against that Wildcats, uh, defense. And I would go over there. That's probably the one game out of the weekend where I'd probably go over. Um, just because DC is capable of scoring, you know, 25 to 30 points there. And, you know, if it's, if it's a, a route by the end of the game, I think LA could put up a, a last minute score or two. So I go with over on that one. Um, and by the way, unders are six and two, six and two to the under so far on the season for the XFL. I got a little something for you here. What about this? Go, uh, you either do six, I guess you do six, you might want to do seven point teaser. An XFL teaser. This is delightful. Uh, a six-point XFL teaser. Defenders minus two. Houston is a pick. Got to risk. Uh, you got to risk a hundred and ten to win a hundred. But DC should win by two, right? They got to beat LA by two. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'd be shocked. That'd be probably the upset of. I mean, we're only three weeks in, but that'd be an upset of the year, probably. Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there'd be a three-to-one upset, basically LA in there. So I think a little uh, DC defender Houston teaser. If you put that in, you play that teaser. Go ahead and tweet me a screenshot of it. Make me feel good when that thing hits. First game on uh, Saturday. Last game on Sunday. All right, give us uh, give us one. Um, Maybe one, uh, you got any sleepers this weekend? Anybody you like that might, that you, I mean, and if you don't have one, it's fine. I've got a couple of guys I'm sort of looking at, uh, just in terms of like, uh, and Nelson Spruce, not a sleeper. Like he, he's blown up two weeks in a row. He has a huge target share. Uh, we've seen him for, for LA. 
Uh, you know, six, he has had what well, he's had uh, sixteen targets, or no, excuse me, twenty. Uh, 24 targets in the first two weeks, which is ridiculous. Um, anybody that you think could uh, could maybe have a, a surprisingly a surprising breakout week this week? Um, I mean, a couple of guys at quarterback. Obviously, we know there's a gap there. It would be a risk, but if you're looking for like a diamond in a rough in the rough, I would go with maybe Brandon Silvers. He's going to be at home. Um, he's been, you know, he's inaccurate, but he's also he's got that gunslinger mentality. Um, they're going to be back home. We talked about how Dallas is a little bit underwhelming. Um, I think he could, you know, chuck it up. And similarly, I think Austin Prohl there at wide receiver kind of due for a rebound. He started really well in week one, looked like maybe, you know, the best receiver in the league uh, kind of breaking out and then was really quiet last week. Um, another guy at receiver, I'd look at maybe DeAndre Tompkins really emerged for D.C. last week. Looks like a guy that Cardale Jones is, is you know, going to be targeting a lot. And if you're looking at running back, I mean, strictly based off usage, I mean, Matt Jones, the former Redskins yep. running back, I mean, he's he's getting the carries. He's not necessarily averaging a ton, but he's getting the carries. And then Seattle, they've got two guys that have already 16 or more carries. And then their third guy, Trey Williams, has done a little bit in the passing game. So if you want to – I know that's a grab bag there at running back, but if you're looking for a, a sleeper, I'd say maybe look at Seattle. No, I think the, uh, and I like that Matt Jones call. He's 7,500 on DraftKings. Uh, but they are against New York and New York, according to, again, our proprietary stats, uh, giving up 4.5 yards per carry. Um, you know, and you're talking about a game, too, where, uh, you know, New York is a nine and a half point underdog. So in theory, Seattle is up big and pounding the ball there. I love the Tompkins call. He's only 5,700. And last week he saw nine targets from Cardell Jones. If he's healthy, he'll be a big factor. A uh, guy who's a little bit more expensive, but I think flying under the radar a little bit, even though he caught a touchdown. Uh, DeMornay Pearson L for, uh, St. Louis. He had 11 yep. targets, nine catches, 50 yards and a score last week. People will probably get off him a bit because like I think Nelson Spruce would be really heavily owned again. Maybe, maybe you can avoid him since he's on, since he's against DC, but it's, it's hard to. And then again, I like Marquise Williams as a quarterback sleeper this week. Man, I'm, I'm way too excited about, uh, about the sex FL. You're going to get a Marquise Williams jersey if he starts? Uh, no, that would, uh, he is a Carolina player. That would go, that would be like you, um, getting a, uh, Cowboys jersey. Okay. Maybe Byron Jones if he comes over to the Eagles. Byron, well, Byron Jones if he goes to the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, also like, so Marquise Williams is on. He's like, I guess, are New York and DC rivals? I would think they are. For the XFL. I, I suppose so. I mean, I don't think we don't. We're not. We're too early to call a rival so far. But yeah, I guess you could say that regionally. Yeah, regional rivals, and uh, and yeah, he played for Carolina, so I can't do that. But I, I am a Marquise Williams fan. Uh, and look, before Marquise Williams, before Mr. Trubisky, there's Marquise Williams. Okay, uh, Cody Benjamin. You can follow him on Twitter at Cody J Benjamin. Give us. Oh, by the way, give us a. Give us we out of this. Give us your grade for uh, for at the XFL in week two and a pre grade. Like what you expect in the XFL in week three. Oh boy. Uh, honestly if I were to just looking back to compare to week one, I think it I mean the XFL would probably get like a B from me just because it was a surprisingly competent offensive line, surprisingly fun games. Um, it was our first time kind of seeing that transparent broadcast, the new kickoff, all that stuff. I think it was a little bit, you know, less this week. Um, maybe just because we saw the disparity in quarterback play a little bit more. I thought, you know, uh, Landry Jones, the big anticipated debut, same thing for Josh Johnson. They weren't very good really until certain points in the game. Um, we got a legitimate game on Sunday night. I know it sounds like a cop out to go right in the middle, but I'd say maybe C plus. Um, but I still think overall that's, that's probably okay for where the XFL is at. I mean, week two, um, as long as you're not in the tubes and as long as the quarterbacks aren't, you know, we, we've got like, it's kind of a 50, 50 split really between the eight teams, as far as teams with watchable quarterbacks, um, watchable teams. Um, I don't know. I think it's a, I think we're at a, a decent spot. I'm going to be really interested to see, you know, when it comes time for the championship game in April, um, I think people will tune in for that. I mean, especially if we get, you know, let's say it's a, a yeah, I mean that, I think that'd be a fun watch. I mean, you know, I think people tune in, and maybe that draws some more interest from uh, not only players but fans for next year. No, I think you're right. All right, Cody, this is a fun chat. We'll have to uh, do it again soon. Thanks for joining the pod, and uh, keep up the awesome work in the XFL. Hey, thanks a lot. Go get yourself a uh, box of Thin Mints. <laughs> okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.